Yeah. Yeah. 360. Yeah. I'm not like round and round and round we go. And where we stop, I'm like nobody knows. 360 degrees. 360 degrees. We give you what you want. We give you what you need. 360 degrees. 360 degrees. We tell the real truth. You know what I mean? It's the breakdown, 360 degrees. We give you what you want. We give you what you need. We talking politics and news and music reviews, as well as rap and TV. You know how we do and music from some artists you never heard of. But when you hear them, you gonna show them some love. 360 degrees. 360 degrees, we give you what you want, we give you what you need. Sit your ass down and listen to this broadcast. 360 degrees, back for that ass. Listen up and spread the word. It's on Google Play and iTunes as well as others. Heard you heard me. Yeah. And now for another me. episode. Baby. Of the Urban Breakdown, 360 Degrees, Episode 2, with Mercer Prescott and his band of eclectic cronies. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> That's politics. <laughs> All right. But before we do that, we are going to a musical break. Fuck the levy, we gon' hit the hood And if he roll it, let me hold it Then I'll hit the wood I'm talking backwards cause they pass it like you know they should Cause we smoke hella weed And we drink hella liquor These niggas sweating me So we take hella pictures Cause I look hella good Can't find a bitch that's sicker And if you think you could Then how the fuck you figure that? Can't even picture that No Polaroid, not even Stevie Wonder Could make a nigga feel overjoyed Cause he on overload, got him like, oh my lord Soon as I came, turn on the game like, nigga, what's the score?
Now, uh, everybody knows about the tragedy that happened yesterday in Charlottesville. You know, we had a uh, we had right-wing protesters clashing with uh, other like counter-protesters, and then uh, someone decided, you know what I should do? I should just run them over with my car. So it was pretty uh, it was pretty brutal. So we'll talk more about it later. But I did see, uh, you know, I was on Twitter a lot, going back and forth, and uh, I pulled some tweets down that I thought were very interesting. I just want to go over them with you guys. Just let me know what you guys think about them. So. Tweet, tweet. I have, yeah, I, I have a tweet here from uh, Trey Crowder. Trey Crowder, uh, he's a comedian, and he refers to himself as uh, the liberal redneck. <laughs> he makes some pretty good political videos as well. Uh, I follow him on Facebook, and now I follow him on Twitter. But he said, uh, he tweeted, by blaming Charlottesville on many sides, Trump made it pretty clear which side he's on, and if you still support him. You are too. What he's referring to is Trump's response, where instead of just calling out uh, the white nationalists, he basically just said, oh, yeah, there was stuff going on on many sides. I don't remember seeing a demolition derby out there. I don't remember seeing a whole bunch of cars smacking into each other. It was just one guy from the alt-right who decided he was going to mow over peaceful protesters. And then he used the excuse of, oh, yeah, uh, they were crowding around my car. I, I was scared. I'm like, yeah, that only works for cops. That doesn't work for you. You can't say you were afraid for your life, so you ran someone over. You know, and uh, if you saw the videos of it, it was horrible, and even the still pictures are horrible. So, uh, I, I do agree with with him on that. If you're still a Trump fan at this point, come on. There, there's no, there's no denying at this point. Hold on, hold on. I gotta pay devil's advocate. <laughs> what, what would you expect the president to say? I didn't. The only thing missing, the only thing really missing, was the fact that he didn't call them out as, uh, as white nationalists, as Nazis. He basically, or or the Klan or, or whatever. He basically just tried to make it seem like both sides were at fault in this. Oh, and so if he had said if he had said their namesake, that would have been okay. You would have been okay with that. Then you would have I, been okay. I, I would have been. I would have been much better with it. But in the problem, the other problem with Trump is, is that Trump stokes a lot of this. Uh, he stokes a lot of this. I mean, if you, I mean, people put together videos of all the stuff Trump says at his rallies about if if there is counter, you know, people who are against you. Uh, he talked about what they used to do in the good old days, like you know, we we snatch him out of his seat so fast, and you know, if someone throws a tomato, knock the crap out of him, I'll pay your legal fees, you know, all that stuff. He promotes violence at his rallies when he was running for president. So what makes him think that now that there's this violence going on? I mean, and I mean, and if he had called it out, I would have been okay. I would have left him alone. I wouldn't be ragged on the way I am now, and the way a lot of other people are now. So, and before I move on, he was the same one who was saying that when Obama didn't call uh, terrorists, that he didn't call out radical Islam. You know, like trying to lump all Islam together. That was a bad thing. When Obama was playing it safe. But then again, uh, radical Islam is not Obama's voting block, but the Klan is definitely Trump's voting block. So, and don't take my word for it. When you get a chance, watch David Duke's speech after the, after Charlottesville. So, David Duke was pretty stoked. But um, Ben Schwartz says, 
I'm confident Trump will release a statement on Charlottesville as soon as he's sure none of his kids were there. And I was like, wow, that's deep. Jenk uh, Uger from Young Turks said, is there a lower bar than condemning Nazi violence in America? And Trump couldn't even clear that. He's clearly a bigot. It's so easy to just come out and just say what it was. And I didn't get a chance to read it. One of my friends lives in Virginia. And she basically, uh, I guess in the local news, she heard that the, uh, she got a statement from their governor. And I didn't get a chance to look at his statement because it was just, just as I was getting ready to come on to the show. But uh, supposedly his, uh, his response is very presidential. So what do you think, Odie? Well, I think, hey guys, I think frankly that's giving him too much credit as far as uh, the statement where it was said he'll probably speak against it once he realizes the kids weren't there. That motherfucker is all out for self. He would throw his kids under the bus (laughs) if he had to. (laughs) So I don't even think he would, I don't give him that much credit. He would absolutely, as long as he wasn't there. Right. And even then, he'll probably just say he wasn't, and his constituents will believe him. So <laughs> he'll just go the alternative facts route. It wasn't me. That wasn't me. Pretty much. So, yeah, he basically just said, let's come together. What the fuck does that mean? Does that mean that the black people who are out there having an anti-protest should understand their perspective, their point of view? Because that could be taken a multitude of ways. Right. And failing to just... Out zoom all the way out what was the purpose yeah, of this um this rally oh it, it was over a statue it was exactly what i thought it was it was over a statue because they were taking down the statue of robert e lee and that's how this whole protest started and then the counter protest of course uh to that protest now the one thing i was trying to get straight and hopefully i could do it by tomorrow is who encroached on who because according to the permits if i if i read that right these two people weren't supposed to be together. They were supposed to be the alt-right protesting in one spot and then the counter-protest in another. And there were like fist fights and stuff like that. So I'm, I'm still trying to get the, the gist on who was where because from what I heard, the alt-right basically was not where they were supposed to be. So they were said, mm-hmm. okay, you could, you could protest here and then they ended up there. But some people on social media were saying that about uh, the anti-protest people. So I got to get that straight. But I did see on the news they had uh, protesters with uh, with guns, you know, the open carry folks. So, it, I mean, it was just a big mess. Yeah, but it was over a statue. It was just what we thought it was yesterday. It was over a statue. I'm like, if you like Robert E. Lee, e. Lee that much, get yourself a Robert E. Lee statue and put it on your front lawn and then you're good. We're the only we're the only country, you know, like these people before I move on, these people say, oh, if, you know, kids shouldn't get a trophy for coming in third place. Why do we have statues of losers? The Confederacy lost. Why do we have statues of these, of these people all over America, all over, all over the South when they lost? That's the ultimate uh, third place trophy right there. Mm. Not to mention mm-hmm. the fact that they're, that they're all traitors. Um. One guy on there who calls himself Schooly 
He says, when the Klan feels at ease enough with who is in power to not bother with hoods, we're in the bad places of the country. <laughs> so I, I, I kind of see that both ways. I, I kind of see that as uh, it is bad that they're that comfortable, but we do want to know who these people are. What do you guys think? Is it is it bad that the Klan's not wearing their hoods anymore, or is it just, you know... And that's something I think about quite a bit. Um, I, I do want to know my enemy, um, but I know that they won't all reveal themselves. So knowing that they won't, it just makes me want to... It just makes me want to eliminate the potential for the threat altogether and just say, you know what? I'm not fucking with anybody. I'm not fucking with anybody. I'm... And even if you look like me, I'm still going to be very reserved until I 100% know your stance. It's like, and even with, with new people that I'm interacting with, because, I mean, let's face it, you can't go your entire lives just not dealing with white people. That is a fact. That is a fact. So with, with them, you have to show me how long you've been down for the cause. And until I know where you stand, I am not fucking with you. And I need to know how far back your loyalty goes. And I actually met someone like that this week. I found out, I found an old, um, she actually showed it to me, but um, we were Googling our names, and she showed me an article that, um, where she was interviewed in high school where she talked about diversity and how her peers weren't very comfortable um, dealing with people of other races and how she wasn't raised like that. And this was like, from 15 years ago, so right. all right, I know I pretty much know where you stand. Like, all right, you you you're all right, you're all right with me. I, 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 I look at it like this: I grew up around all types of people, so my stance is I'm more trusting until you give me a reason not to trust you. Like, That's I'm not necessarily I'm not gonna necessarily background <laughs> check you, you know. But, I mean, to the degree I need the to, other way around. I don't need to be invested in you like that. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Very true, and that's fair enough. I, but that was, yeah, that was that was usually my stance as well. Just you know, yeah, basically, I'm giving you a, a clean slate until you start putting it up. Until you start showing me the signs that I don't need to fuck with you, which is more often than <laughs> right. not. Which a lot of times we have blinders and we only focus on certain things and we missing key things. We just have to. I think now we have to have almost embellish the third eye, be more open to what we see. And what you know, who we interact with, and things like that. Unfortunately, we will find that often enough, they're more on our side than our own kind. But we'll talk about that on another type of show. Yeah. He said, she said, on Urban Breakdown. <laughs> and, and and one last thing before I give it up, uh, you know, going back and forth in all these tweets, I wrote to. Uh, Patton Oswalt, one of my favorite comedians, you know, he was saying he had a lot of tweets about this and he retweeted a lot of stuff. And I wrote to him and I said, you know, totally random thought. And forgive me for being off color here, but I said, totally random thought. Do you think that Steve Bannon is beating off in the shower right now over all this racial violence? And, so, and somebody wrote me back and he said, I hate you more than I've ever hated another human being for putting that image in my head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just thought that was funny. <laughs> Because I figured, I figured I didn't hear from Steve Bannon because he's just busy, like, you know, enjoying this. You know, he loves that racial strife. Of course. 
Alright, let's go to something light. Sony. <laughs> well, I guess uh, that will be considered as a very nice uh, transition since you were talking about the animals. I do. Um, <laughs> what? As we all know. Oh, okay. Sony. <laughs> oh, Sony, my bad. I thought you said Odie. Okay, well. Oh, well, what does Odie have to do with Odie? Oh, my gosh, what are you doing over there? <laughs> no, I was going to say... Well, we all know what comes out whenever you beat off, and that's sperm. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Too early in the morning for this shit. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's so, a Sunday, um, it's a Wednesday, but you know my heart. You know my heart. Right, right, right. Anyway. Right. Um, as far as Sony goes, uh, just I'll just jump right into it. I, I think that they're you know totally switching gears here. I think that uh, they had a good thing with the Spider-Man series, you know, getting it back in the hands of Marvel. And all they had to do was just let, sit back and let Marvel take over, right? And like I said uh, yesterday, it's like if I own a car and I go into a partnership with you, Blue, I don't know how to drive. So I just said, all right, um, we co-own this car now. Now, I don't know how to drive, so I'm going to be like, well... Uh, let me drive on Tuesdays and Thursdays. No, you drive. You know, I own the car, but you drive because you know what you're doing. And the problem with uh, Sony, I guess, is their pride because now they want to have their own little Marvel universe. And the characters that they're picking are just absolutely stupid. So they're picking Venom. It's way too soon for Venom. Okay, this is going into the second movie. Peter Parker in his movie is like 15 years old. What's he going to do with Venom? Right, and then you have Silver Sable and Black Cat. Come on, if you don't read the comics, you probably don't know who Silver Sable is. And I will give an out if they did put Silver Sable in the later cartoons. I haven't watched Spider-Man cartoons since the '90s, so if they have Silver Sable in the later cartoons, okay, my bad. But I mean, come on, you're talking about two niche characters here and you're just going to put them in the movies and give them their own movie at that not even make them guest stars in another movie give them their own movie right now the only thing i will say i don't even recall them having their own comic book offhand i i don't remember either maybe maybe silver sable might have had like a mini series but i don't remember and you know them having their own comic you know now the only thing I, i will give them is that they got Tom Hardy to play Venom. You know, they go on the Eddie Brock route, and, you know, you know, Tom Hardy was in uh, some good things, including Mad Max. And that Mad Max movie was excellent, so sure. I'll give him that. And then, of course, I still didn't go get my notes from the other room, <laughs> but the woman who directed Love and Basketball and Secret Life of Bees, she's directing the Silver and Black movie. I don't know who's playing Silver Sable or Black Hat yet, so this is still early stage stuff. But you figure, all right, Marvel has a met, I mean, well, just Spider-Man alone. They've been making Spider-Man comics for 50 years, okay? They have a metric ton of villains that they could port over, give them that Marvel Studios spit shine, and then just put them out, you know? The job they did on the Vulture was amazing. Because when I, I mean, you know, the Vulture was in Spider-Man number three back in the early 60s. 
and he was just an old man in a buzzard costume, you know, back then. And of course, you know, he modernized over the years. So when I first heard the vulture, that's what I was thinking of. I was like, huh. But then when I saw the first pictures of Michael Keaton as a vulture, I'm like, okay, this is going to work very well. And it did. And there's Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton's amazing. Yeah. And, and real quick trivia about Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton's real name is Michael Douglas. But when he was in the Actors Guild, of course, there's already like another Michael Douglas. So he had to change his name. <laughs> he was on, uh, what was it, uh, Stephen Colbert talking about, I think it was. And I was just like, that's crazy. So he named it to Diane Keaton's last name. Uh, no, has nothing, to do, has nothing to do with Diane Keaton, though. He, he mentioned that, too. Uh, I forgot the reason why he chose Keaton, but it has nothing to do with Diane Keaton, though. <laughs> he did mention that. <laughs> but it was just, that was crazy. But the thing is, if you look at the, the Spider-Man series, the first three movies with, uh, that Sam Raimi did, the reason why the Sam Raimi movies came out so well is because Sam Raimi is a huge Spider-Man fan. What? Have you thought that was a good series? What? One and two was number three was garbage. Like I, I couldn't, I couldn't even watch it again. Like I watched it on DVD and I skipped nine tenths of the movie. So I basically just saw like the opening credits and then I just kept skipping until I got to the end credits and I just nah, they messed like, up with that organic web slinging thing that killed it for me. And he wasn't funny. He was kind of square. He was kind of emo all the way through. Nah, I can't, I couldn't dig it. I like the second. Well, that's one the lot. thing, Spider-Man. I, I mean. It, in the comics, he started out when he was 15. Mm-hmm. So he was really kind of square. You know, he used to wear suits to school <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, when in, the, in the old comics. And he was all about his science and his glasses. He really was like that, you know. I will say uh, Tom Hardy wasn't really up on the, the one-liners like the, like the other Spider-Man was. But then again, you know, I didn't really see the Amazing Spider-Man movies that much into it. But... You figure money-wise, uh, Spider-Man: Homecoming just passed the other two, uh, the Amazing Spider-Man movies as far as gross. It just hit 500. Was it 500? No, 300 million domestic. That's it. Seems like it would have been better than that. Well, we're talking. Uh, we're just talking domestic. We're not talking worldwide. So, mm-hmm. and and a lot of those superhero movies make like half their gross overseas. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So it just hit 300 million domestic and it's so it passed it to, to amazing spider-man movies but my thing is this if you i mean you see how good all these uh marvel studios movies are doing right you have a joint venture with marvel studios just let them do the work and sit back and collect the cash why would you tinker with it let me ask you guys this do you guys have any plans on seeing these movies the venom and silver and black even no. with the star power involved? No. Mm-mm. I mean, just even you saying that makes you think straight to TV, Netflix can't even pick it up, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, might, I, I do might. have a question, though. I do have a question. Is, yep. is Black Spider-Man, like, a, a real thing, or is that all just a logic phone? No, it's not. A, he's actually Hispanic. Uh, Miles Morales. They have another Spider-Man, and they alluded to him in... Uh, Spider-Man: Homecoming, the, uh, the the character that Donald Glover, uh, I can't talk today, the character that Donald Glover played, he eventually becomes a uh, supervillain called the Prowler. 
you know, no superpowers. He just has like a whole lot of gadgets in his suit and stuff like that. He's basically just a, you know, high tech cat burglar. But that his, one is the one I'll go to see. That's that's pretty much it. Now his cousin is Miles Morales, and in the comics he becomes another Spider-Man. I don't know the whole origin story, but you know, of course, people made a big deal. You know, they said there's too much diversity in comics. I'm just like, you need to get out more. Because, you know, they have, like, now there's, like, oh, there's a Hispanic Spider-Man, and now there's a black girl who's now uh, Iron Man. And then now there's a Pakistani Miss Marvel. <laughs> so all the uh, the purists are losing their minds. So. But real quick before I give it up, I did uh, find out, and I'm late to this party. I did find out that Zack Snyder had to deal with a, pers- with a horrible personal tragedy a couple months ago. His, uh, his daughter committed suicide. Ooh. She was only 20 years old. And I know depression is a horrible thing to deal with. You know? So my condolences to the, to the Snyder family. But uh, when Zack had to step away from production for uh, Justice League, Joss Whedon stepped in and filled in for him. And yes, the Joss Whedon that did the Avengers movies. Okay. And, they, and they did a whole bunch of reshoots to give the movie a, a lighter tone, which definitely helps. Put it like this. In Spider-Man Homecoming, one of the parts that still pops up in my head was when, you know, he was doing his community service thing, I guess it was in the beginning, and that guy that was running that newsstand, he looks up, he was like, hey, you're the Spider-Man. And he goes, yep. He's like, do a flip. <laughs> he just does a flip. He's like, yeah. That maybe I saw that movie twice in the theaters that made me laugh out loud twice i don't know why little things like that just really you know or him helping giving that giving that lady directions some lady bought him a churro <laughs> so it was just like just the little things like that just break up the whole you know movie just can't be dark on dark on dark right you know all the time you know so so i think that joss whedon is a good thing i, I i'm sad that his daughter took his own life but um as a nerd i'm also happy that joss whedon's involved and i think it, i might actually even have to wait till justice league gets to the dollar theater before i watch it <laughs> at least i won't bootleg it because <laughs> ben affleck's still in it um before i move on do you guys have anything else to add no Nope. Defenders come on next weekend. Woo-hoo. Defenders is on next weekend, and and I swear to God, I still haven't watched Daredevil season two yet because I've been watching Arrow. So I suck. So I'm not gonna know half of what's going on. Especially watching Arrow. <laughs> so I can't help it. It has a good story to it. This Arrow guy is so far from what I know about the comics. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's like its own universe. I guess it is its own universe. Yeah. So that Arrowverse, they, well, they call it the Arrowverse because he's because you know, his started. So it's him, Flash, uh, was it a uh, World of Tomorrow, whatever they call it, Supergirl, and I think there's one more in it. I forget, but only three of them are on. Uh, four of them are on Netflix. Two of them I'm gonna have to Cody them, unfortunately, to get the whole thing because I have this little guide that shows you what order to watch the episodes in so that everything makes sense. Oh, okay, send me that. Okay. So, but all that's right. all I have. 
And that's that 360 breakdown, Sony Spider-Man fiasco, featuring Mercer Prescott and his band of eclectic cronies. <laughs> Odie, let's talk about Insecure. We oftentimes hold the media to a high standard around the depictions of topics that we feel need to be held to a moral standard for the viewer based on society structures around what sex should look like. But does this mean that media has an obligation to its viewers to promote better sex practices? Odie, what are your thoughts? I feel, I feel the logical part of me says that is completely a valid point. Um, if you've missed Insecure this week, uh, Issa Rae has a sex scene where she doesn't overtly show, you know, or make it obvious that she's using a condom. With a and dude. with somebody she's not exclusively involved with, right? And and she's also, um, you know, using a dating site. So the assumption is, and she's going through what she has labeled as a whole phase. Um, so it's kind of assumed that she's going to hook up with more guys in the future. Um, and the fact that she's not making it obvious that she's using a condom, you know, can be taken dangerously. But the grown woman common sense side of my brain is like, well, Issa should not be the one. If, if you are taking your cues and ways of daily living from an entertaining show, this is not a sex ed show. This is something purely for entertainment. And you are taking your social cues from Issa Rae from television. Then you don't need to be fucking. And that is that is basically where I kind of teeter the line. Like, I don't feel like, I mean, it's just like porn. Like, everybody knows the way you have sex isn't the way that it really goes. Like, the way that you really have sex is not the way it goes down in the porn. Please, like, speak for yourself. <laughs> well, I, I don't have enough baby oil. Like, I would have to buy stock in baby oil just to make it worth it. I mean, a, it's just a gallon like, drum of it. Pretty much, pretty much. And um, it's just, I don't know. I just, I, I like the idea. I don't see anything wrong with it. If she were to you know, make it, you know, kind of take that feedback to heart and say, okay, I can do this better. And then decide to start, you know, making it obvious and start talking about condom use. I would think that that was great. Um, Though you I say just people don't, don't get their cues from media, we know that people get their cues from media. We see. And you know what? No, 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 no. I got to take my spill before I begin. I've been smoking. You know, like when in, in the eighties and the seventies, they had a lot of cigarette smoking, right? And That's exactly what I was like about that. to say. So we and a lot of That's people exactly tend to do that for some reason, because you know, we just don't get we don't get adequate cues from our family or from our upbringing in a lot of ways. Our parents work hard or they don't work hard. They might be really into their drugs or whatever. It all depends on your family system. So we look. I don't know. I didn't have a father in my home. My mom and dad divorced when I was very young. Who was my daddy? Cliff Huxtable. You know what I'm saying? Um, who was my big brother? Um, you know, the guy from a different world, Dwayne Wade. You know what I'm saying? Who, 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 I don't think I would have, I hate to say this, but I don't think I would have been a professional without those media influences. I don't think I would have been like, oh, family first, or, you know, focus on family. I don't think I would have, I might have not went to college because at one point I was really focused on my rap career. Does that make sense? Yeah, 
You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, I had the Dwayne yeah. Wade glasses. I had the Dwayne Wade haircut. I mean, I, uh, unfortunately, I, maybe I didn't have a sense of self. But my upbringing didn't give me a sense of self in many ways. Okay. I see a lot of clients. I see a lot of people. You know, I'm not even just going to say clients. That emulate aspects of what they see in the love and hip-hop or the, the um, real housewives. <laughs> those type of interactions. I need to start tagging to some of these posts that I see on these um these Facebook lives, Odie, and you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. The hairstyle and hairdos, I would say like they're fake buying of high-end um, purses and stuff like that, but I don't know if it's fake all the time. I think sometimes they do blow their check on the real shit, and that's sad, because those ladies can afford it by their endorsements. You can't with your $800, right. $900 check and your $300 um, child support. See, and I think... And that's a very, those are very fair points. I think I'm looking at it from solely my perspective. But yeah, when you put it, like you said, when you zoom out and you look at it on a grander scale, yeah, it could be. It could be. Um, it could certainly be seen that way. And for the um, youth, we would think that we would, the parents would be giving kids these conversations. But honestly, well, let's just be 100. I, my mom never gave like me the speech. My daddy never gave me the speech. Where right. I get the speech from, I don't know. We'll just say media. You know what I'm saying? I'll put it like this. I, I, I look at it this way. You know, two, two, two points real quick. Uh, there are some people who have parents, but their parents don't want to have that conversation with them because it's kind of embarrassing. So, you know, I would have that conversation with my nieces and nephews if they ever said, hey, Uncle Merce, what do you think? But That is what uncles are for, by yeah, the way. But, but they don't ask for that, so I don't, you know... And maybe I should be the maybe I should have been the one to initiate it. But then you then again, it may all depend on what state you live in, because in some states they have sex ed classes as low as middle school, so people know what's going on. Uh, if you live in a state like Texas or Alabama, you know, and not trying to mess with my religious friends, but anywhere where they promote the Bible, you know, in schools and they teach abstinence. And abstinence is ridiculous because you can't fight nature. You need to educate. You can't just tell people don't have sex until you're 30. You know, you gotta educate. And a, a lot of these states, like you figure, Texas does abstinence in their schools. Texas has the highest teenage pregnancy rate in the country. Right, so, and that that is directly correlated with learning yeah. to educate. And going back to going back to media real quick. Um, when I used to watch uh, actual porn videotapes, I feel so old now. I used to watch porn on the videotapes, you know. But they I used would, to watch it on the table with the scrambles. But they would actually have, at the beginning of the tapes, they would say that, you know, even though their actors and actresses may not be wearing condoms, they would, they would tell people, you should always follow safe sex practices. You know? So you don't really get that now because everybody gets it online. So they just watch the clips online and you don't really get those intros anymore. But they used to actually promote that and say, hey, listen, you know, yeah, these guys are professionals, but you should practice safe sex. You know, so it, it's kind of uh, it's kind of weird. But, you know, I do agree that, yeah, people say, well, yeah, well, your parents should be teaching you that. Yeah, well, it's not that easy. It's not like driving a car. You know, it, it's a it's a difficult conversation for some people to have. So. And at the end of the day, what should happen and what does happen are two different things. We are living in reality. So the fact of the matter is it doesn't happen. So if she can use her platform to do that, then, then great. 
and zooming all the way out. We can't really hold her responsible, though we would think we would like for her to be responsible. I mean, right. we didn't see, I mean, I can't think of any show where I've seen condom use. Even the, the get down would have been a perfect opportunity, you know what I'm saying? I thought for sure that girl was going to get pregnant, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, especially with youth watching that show. Yeah, that would have been a great opportunity. Gee whiz, you just don't understand the impact HV, HPV, HIV, and other STIs are having on the African and Latin community. Youth, you just don't understand. I promise you, you don't understand. I was watching the documentary. Profit, Eddie Moon Health. That's what we do. We we speak to. Um, we do discussion forums, and we you know gather resources and things like that to address that issue. And if you've seen the numbers, it will blow your fucking mind. Right. I was watching a, a documentary on uh, the sexual revolution. You know, and when they had places in the eighties, seventies, and eighties like Plato's Retreat, where you could just go and just have and just have sex. You just bring your wife and wife swap and everybody in the hot tub and all the other stuff and people were just free with it and they were talking about how AIDS just ground it to a halt you know when AIDS was was really big and a lot of it you know they blamed it on homosexuals but a lot of it was just because of unprotected sex of course and uh, when people in prison get it a lot because I mean you know it's because they have unprotected sex it's not like you just go you know right. to the infirmary and get some condoms like, here, just be like here well, here i'm gonna rape someone so i need some condoms right here in wake county we got this um we got a prison there for men right and they test you for all that stuff when you come in they don't hmm. test you on the way out ah oh that's not good because they don't want to be responsible for somebody getting that disease and they can say oh you know, say, oh, he got it in here. Then they're going to be, they're medically responsible for that person if it happened while they were. Wow. In there. You know what I'm saying? That, that policy wow. needs to change. Because we know that wow. you know, people are being raped and things like that. And not even raped. Some people adhere to that lifestyle in order for survival. You know what I'm saying? Right. Some people just do it because that's who they were, but they went in anyway. You know what I mean? Oh, I made all this fray deck. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or or he could say all this free dick oh my gosh like <laughs> you're right I don't see pretty thumbed out homosexuals I was like oh my gosh you gotta be mad <laughs> right right it's very disturbing and they say well I'm not gay because you're sucking my dick or I'm not gay because I'm fucking dead ass I'm not gay uh, I'm not sucking no dick I said nigga gay is gay I don't give a fuck what you say <laughs> Absolutely. But I, I, well, I, figure, I, I hear people justify that all the time. You'd be surprised. You'd be, I could have a. Um, I used to have a, a mouth high, is um, mouth and ass is an ass. I used to have a high probation and parole caseload when I worked for um, um, Department of um, Vocational Rehabilitation, and just some of the things they say, I think, not coming out. And I was like, well, I still would like to get. I still would like for you to get, you know, STI screening. Gee whiz, too. I, mean, I, I read an article in uh, Essence magazine years ago. My um, my girlfriend used to get Essence, so you know she'd leave it on the coffee table and I'd read it. And they had an article about women who were infected uh, with AIDS because they had uh, husbands or boyfriends who were on the down low. Mm-hmm. So they'd have unprotected sex with their lovers and then come home and have sex with their wives and then give them. AIDS that they got from their uh, from their down low, and that's you know that's kind of messed up. But I mean, 
I think for some reason it just seemed to be more. Uh, I guess the article and 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 I mean I hadn't read this article in in like years, so I don't want to badmouth the writer, but for some reason they made it seem worse because they were on the down low than a, than a, as opposed to him cheating with another woman and doing the same exact thing. Right. Exactly. I don't know why they made that you know different, but the thing is. I mean, even if you know somebody, you still got to be careful, you know, if you're in a relationship with somebody because you, you know, you never know what they're doing. And that's deep. So, yeah, I, it, it's like I would prefer that they promote it on TV more uh, of the safe sex thing. But, you know, every TV can't be a teacher. You know, we need to do that more in the communities within schools and at home and you know, I know it's not an easy thing to say. It's easier said than done. So. Yeah, I mean, it's easier said than done. But honestly, a 20-second, 10-second, 5-second clip. I mean, maybe she didn't want it. And then she could have got endorsements. Magnum would have jumped on. Trojan would have jumped on. You know, you know how much more money that would have brought in? Right. And, and how, how much more safety that would have brought in? Right. Because people... People really look up to her. When she came down here to Duke, that, that hall was flooded. When she came to, um, what is it, Central, same thing. And then Central really probably followed her. You know, Central is definitely her crowd. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, but, you know, I ain't can point the finger. She's doing something that I don't have the capability to do at this time. So hats off to her for what she is doing. Right. And insecure really should be... AKA reckless in many ways because that whole show is just reckless in many ways. It's real though. It's real. That shit really happens. But it's reckless as fuck. How's she gonna have Mace smash without a condom? You seen Mace, right? You see how awkward that nigga was? You know what I'm saying? (laughs) You know if they they did a Mace movie, he could be Mace, right? Y'all agree, right? Old boy from yeah, yeah, you know, the one she smashed without a condom. I did not see that. Let me look again. Let me look again. And then he looks short. What's up with all these short dudes getting love? Gee whiz. <laughs> well, that's her. She's getting the opposite of Lawrence. So Lawrence is very tall, so she's getting the opposite. I mean, a girl got to have a right so she knows what she likes. Alright, alright. Next up, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> So we wait. So I'm gonna bypass the whole fuckboy element of oh, uh yeah, run of that, run that. Yeah, that's what I'm talking. Yeah, run that, run that. So as set we it set it up though, set it up though. If some people okay. watch it, just set it up from a a broad stance. Right, right, right. Okay, so I just wanted to know, have you guys ever had or done anything that was considered fuckboy status? For those that don't know what a fuckboy is, a fuckboy is basically a modern-day scrub. We all remember the song, TLC, it was a hit for them. Um, But you just do fuckboy things where you have these, you tell women one thing and you do something else. Um, If you also remember Waste Her Time 2000. 16 was a huge thing last year. I remember that, like, started right after 
New Year's. Wasting her time is something that a fuckboy would do. Um, he hits her up with, hey, big head, where you at? What you doing? Just enough to keep her interested, but doesn't really pursue anything real with the chick. So that is a modern, I think that's a modern day scrub. I think that's a fair description of that. Um, but I just want to know, like, have you guys why would done do any? Why do that? I mean, yeah, of course, but I'm not gonna say no instances. You need to tell us. <laughs> <laughs> you know if what? Then you'll tell me so I can be on the lookout. Like, why? Like, what the fuck do you do? <laughs> what do you do out of it? I have so many questions regarding this whole fuckboy thing. Like, what is up with it? Uh, I put it like this. My only thing with me, like now, like I'm in, you know, I'm I'm a middle-aged man. I, I hate saying it, but I am, right? And I don't drive a car. So for a lot of women, if I tell them I don't drive a car, I may as well be saying, hey, I have AIDS and I don't use condoms. Hey, what are you doing on Saturday? You know, it has that effect. But other than that, I am what I am, and I put all that up front. Damn, now, even, the bubonic you gave me the other day has got me fucked up. That DC weed ain't nothing to play with. <laughs> oh, my goodness. But, um, uh, I agree, though. You know, that, you're right. That does sound like some fuckboy shit, Merc. Yeah. But it's and, not and it a, all depends. You now, live in a major I'm, city. You don't need all that. Right. I tell people I'm from New York, and driving is optional. I opted out, but I've never really learned how to drive. You know, I'm not going to learn now. But... As far as, like, deceiving women and telling them one thing and then doing something else, you know, I guess because I'm out of that loop, because I'm, you know, middle-aged, like, I don't, I could see, like, a 20-year-old doing it because he doesn't know any better. Because, no, because he, maybe he didn't have a big brother or even a neighbor that sat him down, like, this is how you treat women and treat them well. So they pretty much just do, like, what these rappers do, like, they listen to, like, little, little, little nutsack or whatever rapper is hot right now, and then... You know, Nutsack. I'm pretty sure there's a rapper out there named named uh, Lil Nutsack. I'm I, I'm pretty sure there is, or, or they yeah, will. Be. Is, yeah, I'm pretty sure there is. But I, I think it's a matter I, I of your environment. I think it's a matter of your environment. Who's your you know who's around you and who uh, I I know I'm saying it wrong, but it is a product of the of the environment because if you see somebody who is treating women right, you know, then that might inspire them to do the same. But if they're out there like you know, bitches ain't shit but hoes and tricks, you know, it kind of gets into your head. It doesn't have to be that blatant though. Like, and that's the thing. Like, this is okay. So during Insecure, Tasha, the new girl, basically says to Lauren, "What's even worse is you are a fuckboy." You're, the, you're a fuckboy of the worst kind because you think you're a good guy. And he, he was doing things like, you know, he, he cheated and then he confessed that he cheated. So you have guys that are saying like, hey, I want to be with you. Instead of saying, hey, I just got out of this relationship. Um, I'm not sure I'm ready to date, but I do like spending time with you. And I want to spend time with you when you're available. There's absolutely nothing wrong with saying that. There's nothing wrong. But where they fuck up, or where a fuckboy fucks up, is he says, yeah, girl, like, I want to be around you, and then he shows up every time. So he's saying one thing and doing something that completely contradicts it, and I just, it's like, what the fuck? Like, it's not about just being a asshole, just being a jerk, like, on some, I'm cheating stuff, but he does just enough to keep her on the hook 
So she thinks that it's one thing and it's not. And it's it's just about lack of clear communication. Like exactly. you say, right there. That's, so, you know, she's just as at fault as he is because it wasn't clearly defined. I mean, when we first seen them hooking up, it was smash, smash, smash. When we seen them later, she was all up on her TV show. We never seen no real conversations with her. In fact, the real conversation, the realest conversation we might have seen, was when he confessed, and that was only that was really only on his end when she kicked him out. And that's any relationship, really. You know what I'm saying? That's any, and that's not just sexual or interpersonal relationships. That's business as well, especially. So, any relationship that doesn't have adequate communication is doomed to fail. You know, I, I heard on, on a television show they call it DTR, define the relationship. And in my younger days, you know, my, uh, well, I'm not going to name names, <laughs> you know, but that's what they would do. They would define the relationship. They would say, hey, listen, you know, this is the deal. This is how it's going to go down. Uh, is this okay? And then they would say yes. But then like two weeks and they're like, you know what? I can change it. No, no, you can't, because if you could change it, he wouldn't have spent all that time telling you how it's going to be. And then that's when things go wrong. So I don't know what's worse, if someone defines the relationship and you break the parameters, or like in, in the case in, on the show where they're just stringing them along. And like you said, just giving them just enough to keep them on the hook while they're purposely doing wrong. That's the thing. You know, I, I've been in situations where I have cheated. But I found that it didn't suit me. Like, that wasn't who I was. You know, I'm not that guy. You know, and I got out of that whole thing really, really fast. But some people, Why? they love. Why did you cheat, Mercer? Press Why? Guy. Because the way, the way Chris Rock said is true. And uh, sometimes a man is only as faithful as his options. Ooh, you know? Really and plus, I was younger. Wow. So, like, 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 so he finally... Wow, so you find something like that's okay. Like, like now, I would never do that because, like I said, I'm a middle-aged man, you know. But I mean, when I'm in, you know, in my early twenties, late teens, early twenties, when you're just, you know, getting out there in the whole, you know, like really getting out there in the dating scene, not the whole awkward fifteen, sixteen thing, but like really getting out there and trying to make an identity. And I thought that's the identity I wanted, and I found out no, that's not me because these people don't, these women don't deserve it. So I. <laughs> I changed my whole style. Like I became, you know, I, I wish I didn't have to be an asshole to be a better person. But now, and on this show, how old are these people? They're in their like late twenties, grown up, allegedly. <laughs> We're talking uh, like late twenties, and that's and that's what's so funny because I identify with so many of these things. So just to give it, give it some more context. Mm-hmm. I did look up some of the the Waste Her Time 2016 um, quotes that were popular on Twitter, and I could identify <laughs> with quite a few of them. And I can see I'm not the only one frustrated with these types of men. So um, one girl said, uh, enter her life, fuck shit up, leave, then text her, I miss you, every two months when she tries to move on. That's Waste Her Time. Like, that's... <laughs> Waste her time 2015. Uh, convince her to cut her hair, then tweet girls with long hair with the uh, heart emojis. Waste her time. Oh my god. Yeah, that, that's yeah, like, like, like exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and it's quite entertaining, but it's just like the communication is not clear. The actions are not matching the words. 
And I just want to know how to get the fuck past it. Or, like, at least, at the very least, I'd like to be able to weed out a fuckboy early on. So I can just avoid it altogether and then give someone else a chance, you know, who has a fair shot. Well, first of all, just ask him, like, you know, I heard that little, that new, uh, little Nutsack album. What do you think about it? And if he's like, oh, that album's dope, then he's a fuckboy. Don't even mess with him. <laughs> 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 it's, mainly just communi- it's mainly just communicating, seeing whether or not your values align with, you. with his values are. And sometimes that's the question. What are our values? We may not even be aware of them ourselves. I can send you a value worksheet so you can define your values clearly and for you know what you're getting into. Yeah. So you get into a situation and it is mm-hmm. just what it is. But then our stance changes and we want more or we want less, depending on what we're seeing or what we're getting. See, that's right. the thing. People, people grow. They're going to grow at different rates. People are going to grow. They're going to change. They're just going to do it at different rates. Exactly. Right. And remember, the men are always four years behind you at the same age. Yeah. So what you're telling me is I need to get a 36-year-old instead of... Or a guy who has an old soul. You know the cats that have them old souls. They're like, oh, that guy, it's like he's been here before. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> And then again, it could also, I mean, going back to the whole thing about uh, your upbringing, if you hang around mature people, it tends to help you mature a little bit faster. I mean, if you hang around your peers, then you're just going to go at that normal rate. But if you have, like, some people have, like, uh, older brothers, you know, and older brothers that are cool enough to let them hang out with them, and they get that uh, a sneak peek into what's supposed to happen when you get a little bit older, it gives them an advantage, I think, and they turn out to be mature a little bit more mature, a little bit more well-rounded. Keep in mind, that's only in my own experience. I'm not a, psych- I'm not a psychologist. Fuck boys is almost a norm because let's just, you know, there's just a math out there and I don't even know the math, but let's look at it. They say like two to three to one, females to male, because, you know, either you're gay or you're already married, you're already in a relationship, you ain't got your shit together, you still stay with your moms. So it's like available males, now, you know, actually on top of the A game ain't really prominent. So they're the ones that become fuckboy mentality in a lot of ways because they feel like, I know I used to be in a meetup called um, Interracial um, Singles or something like that. Right. Anyways, it's like the dudes was in there were all professionals, but I promise you, every single one of them probably was a fuckboy, real talk. Yeah. Well, and, and, they all and the was thing like is- engineers and physicians and dentists <laughs> and all that shit. <laughs> they fucking this one this week and two weeks later you hear about them in this one here and two weeks later you hear about them in that one here and then all of a sudden they're thinking these bitches don't talk to each other and they get back to them and oh my goodness it's just high mess I, I, I can't really maybe because I'm old now but I can't really do that old dude drama. shut the fuck up Jeez, yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I won't say old I'll just say out of the loop you know but I couldn't really I guess now, at my age, I can't deal with that type of extra drama because it's hard enough dealing with one woman and not trying to be like one of those like bah, 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 type guys. But I'm just saying, if, you, if you're with one woman and you have to meet her needs and take care of her or you know, take care of each other, I should say, and all that other stuff, why, where am I going to find a time to do that with someone else? And maybe I'm just looking at it wrong. But I mean, these guys who are just going back and forth between all these women, I mean, if you're not in a relationship, you're just in it for the sex, that's one thing. But if you're in a relationship and then trying to, yeah, I don't have the time. I really don't, you know. Not, I don't have the time and I don't have the desire. 
to just go out there and be like that. I mean, and as far as like people who live at home with their moms, I mean, it is really real out there, man. I told my nephew, I was like, look, man, don't be in such a rush to move out. Stay at home until you're off your parents' insurance. Make sure you have your base under you so that when you move out, you only got to move out once. You don't have to move out and then, two, and then a year later, ma, God stay with you. No. Once you get your base under you, you get yourself a good job, then you move out. You only got to do it one time, and that's it. People are like, I'm 18. I'm moving out, and then they move back in when they're 20. That's not good for the morale. <laughs> so... I don't know. Maybe I'm just off on a tangent here. But as far as like if somebody's if you're like 22 and you live at home with your mom, that's not a bad thing. I don't I don't see that as being a bad thing. If you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. It, right. Exactly. If, if you're not at home, you want to tell. You can't be on Xbox One all day, partner. You're supposed to be working. If you out of school, if you in school, or even if you out of school, you know what I'm saying, you stacking paper. I want you to be able to you know, you can stay here for a year or two, stack that paper high enough that you're able to put that down payment on that flat that you want. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You can't just, but don't be out here buying rims and buying this car and that car. And I'm looking at your bank account, you sitting on 400. No, dude, it's supposed to be around 8,000 right now. What are you doing? No, you can't, you got to have a plan. And that's stuff like it is. Communication. Talk to your parents about yeah. it. Talk to your children about it. I think that's a great plan. White people do it. You know what I'm saying? Asians yeah. do it. Indians do it. We're the only ones who expect 18, you out of here. I didn't even graduate yet, Ann. <laughs> Leaving army brochures in their pillow. <laughs> right. I, I, I'll put it like this. My uh, my supervisor, when I worked it, I call her my aunt. We, we were really tight when I used to live in Maryland. But um, her son lived with her for like three years because he got into a whole bunch of tax trouble. And he had to, he was, but the thing is, he wasn't like he was sitting at home and she was bringing him snack cakes or he was playing Xbox. You know, he was like 35 years old. But he was working two jobs to pay off his tax bill. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, she said as soon as his tax bill was paid off, he got himself he got himself his own apartment. He was he's out. You know, sometimes it's good to have that fallback if you get into trouble. Right. But I think some people see mm-hmm. that as, oh, you're 35, you live at home with your mom, you're a fuckboy. you gotta you gotta look into why. You gotta, that you gotta know the story. Hashtag know the story. Yeah. True. Yeah. Someone had yeah, a, 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 a off the rip though. It does look like some fuckboy shit though, don't it? <laughs> I don't stay with my mom. She stay with me. Okay. <laughs> yeah. 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 Actually, this year, this is 2017, so this has actually been, what, 20 years since I've lived at home. You know, I lived at home until I was in my late 20s, and then, you know, I had the opportunity, and I was like, well, you know, it's been great, but got to go, you know, so, but you got to get that base under you, man. You can't just go out into the world. Wait, what job are you going to have at 18 that's going to let you get your own place in New York? Prostitution. (laughs) And not even then. Because your pimp is getting the cut. There you go. <laughs> so, it's yeah. But it, it, like I said, it all depends. Just, just like you said, you hit the nail on the head. If you're contributing, then that doesn't matter. I heard a comedian tell the joke. He said, if you're 20 and you live at home, people, you know, just on its face, they look at you like, all right, dude, you gotta, 
you gotta get it together if you're 30 and you live at home people are like all right i can't begin to tell you how much of a loser you are but if you're 40 and you live at home they're like, oh that's so great he's staying at home taking care of his mom she loves having him around <laughs> <laughs> it's just uh, like the whole dynamic just changes but i mean as far as like how people treat women i think it's just a symptom of a uh your influences and b what that woman will allow because i mean if you know that this dude is a fuck boy and you're still getting texts from him and still respond to texts from him and stuff i'm not saying it's their fault mm-hmm. i'm not saying they're asking for it but it's got to be a point where they're like if you know right. you're Enough shit, enough. that you gotta cut them off and just be like well it's been great but you know do the the physical i washed my hands of this whole thing and just move on there's plenty of men I just wonder what the motivation is behind that though like what is the psychology behind that like why like what does he get out of it that I'm not sure of because I, I can't really see I guess it's just being a sociopath I guess because I can't really see a value in it at that point I mean it just might be you know there's some ladies out here and I ain't committed to none of these hoes and blase blase shit Anyway, it's just so depressing. Hey, last perspective, 360 degrees breakdown. Love and hip-hop and low sperm count. Odie. All right. So, as we kind of alluded to earlier, with um, with masturbation and ejaculation comes sperm. And just this past week on this week's episode, um, you have Ray J., some producer, I never remember his name, and Safari, Nicki Minaj's ex, who all decided to go to the sperm bank and have a competition to see who had the highest sperm count. And actually, they made like a side bet with this and decided that the person with the lowest sperm count had to make a song or had to produce a song with another person on the show, a rapper named Hazel E. Apparently, Hazel E is garbage, so that's why nobody wanted to work with her, but that was going to be the punishment for having the lowest sperm count. So, out of the three of them, who do you think has the lowest sperm count? I think I guessed it right the last time, so I'm not going to guess it again. <laughs> but well, I, do it anyway, because you aren't recording, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> I, for some reason, when you mentioned it before, I automatically thought it was Ray J. I, I think it's a highly thing. As, as terrible as it sounds, I think because he's a, like he's a little guy, you know, he probably automatically gets aligned with, um, oh, like little people, low sperm count, little penis. Uh, it's probably him. At least, I'm not going to lie, that's where my mind went to. Um, but you know he ain't got no little penis. Have you seen the Kim, you seen the Kim K video? I've never I've never watched that Kim Kardashian tape. Nope, never watched it. Yeah, so I don't know what they working Now I did see Omarion. He's little. I did see a picture of his, and his was nice and girthy. I was very impressed by Omarion. So, I mean, it's something <laughs> always like. I mean, obviously, little guys don't always have small penises, but you know. I don't know. Maybe that's what I'm just trying to say. Maybe that's where Mercy's mom is going. Anyway, so enough, Ray J does have the lowest sperm count. I guessed it right off more so because I just 
hey, you know, this guy has been fucking for a long time. He's probably depleted. And as often as he has had sex, um, he's never gotten anybody pregnant to our knowledge. So I'm like, okay, it's probably Ray J because, you know, he could have gotten somebody pregnant by now and hasn't. So I'm like, it's probably him. And sure enough, yeah, it was definitely him. Safari was in the middle. Um, the other guy whose name I can't remember, he had the highest sperm count. But coincidentally enough, his uh, wife was there to help him get his junk in the cup. So there might be some sort of a, maybe that's why his had the highest sperm count because he had an assist from his wife. So I just was wondering if you guys had ever had your sperm counted or needed to have your sperm counted. I would guess, I would guess Blue probably has it. <laughs> I, I, I haven't needed it. I know people who have just because they were trying to get pregnant and then it wasn't happening. So then they had to have it tested just so they could make sure where the, the problem lies. You know, whether if it's the guy, then he's got to do stuff to get his sperm count up. If it's the woman, then she's got to do the fertility pills and all that other stuff. So, but... Right, come to find out, yeah, that, that's why they initially did it, because Ray J is trying to get his wife pregnant, and that's kind of where this stemmed from, but niggas being niggas, they had to make it a competition, so. I, I'll, I'll look at it like this, if Ray, I, I don't know how tall Ray J is, and, and I just, I picked Ray J just because he's the one who started that whole thing, like, it's, like he's taking it personal, that he may have mm. a firm count, so I, I that's what I thought it was him, because... If he just knew, okay, well, it's not me, he wouldn't have cared enough to have a challenge about sperm counts. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so, so basically, he kind of himself as the problem. Okay. Five, five seven, that's, that's, that's close to average height. So, yeah, yeah it is. Uh, he's definitely taller than Youngberg, who was also on Love and Hip Hop. Youngberg is actually the one who was carrying on with Hazel E. And he is 5'5". Five, five. That is short. That is very short. Jeez. I was, I'm not, like, really biased against men's height, but 5'5 five, five is short. I mean, I, I wouldn't not necessarily date you, but I definitely would take no, like, we'll be short. It would run through my mind that we could do it. If the, it I, guess, I guess it's short for a guy. I mean, I'm 6'2", so, but, so I, I guess, like, 5'5 five, five would be short for a guy. It is short for a man. Yeah, it's definitely short for a man. Well, I dated a woman who was six feet, and with heels on, she was definitely taller than me. And it was a little, a little, it was uncomfortable for me at times. I dated a guy once who was seven two. Oh, that was perfect for me. What I mean, like, what what girl wouldn't want to feel like, you know, itty bitty next to somebody that tall? Yeah, <laughs> it was great. <laughs> I mean, we're all the same height when we play down anyway, so... Did you play basketball? He did, yeah. You know, it's, it's funny, Blue, you, you mentioned that... Uh, I can't even imagine that in a bedroom. Let me um, draw something real quick. <laughs> I mean, you all of them, all the parts lined up where they needed to go. You just had longer legs. That's it. It's funny you mentioned that, dating a girl who was like six feet, because I, I knew a girl, I mean, I still keep up with her, you know, she's on my Facebook page, but she's like six feet tall, and when she went to the prom, she purposely didn't wear heels, because she didn't want to be taller than her date in the pictures, so she wore flats, mm-hmm. she, wouldn't wear, she wouldn't wear heels. 
don't ask me why I remember that. I remember the weirdest things. You know, I can remember like like uh, like Louis Black. I can remember my little league uniform, but I don't know what happened two days ago. I don't know what I ate two days ago. <laughs> that's what, that's how my memory works. Don't feel bad. I have great long term memory, but the short term memory, absolutely not. Absolutely not. But yeah, I, it kind of does remind me of that random episode on Sister Sister. Roger had met this girl on the phone. He got her number first and started talking to her. And then he met her and she was really, really tall. So I think in the pictures, they just had her sit down and he was the one standing up like behind her. And he barely could, he barely was tall enough like to kind of surpass her or be eye to eye. So that when she was sitting down, they matched up. Yeah. Yeah. But I just um, was wondering if you guys had ever had sperm counted, but yeah, I would imagine Blue hasn't, so that's cool. <laughs> I've I've never had to. Well, definitely not, definitely not something that's come up. Well, in true uh, kind of fuckboy fashion, even though he's technically married and someone's husband, he actually did do some fuckboy type stuff. By uh, after he found out that he had the lowest sperm count. to kind of see what's going on and I found whoa, out that whoa, 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 whoa. I have your mic said it Let's try it again okay so uh rather than do um the responsible thing like a good husband would and go back to his wife and tell him hey babe I went to the doctor to check some things out turns out that I have a low sperm count but I'm eating my veggies and wearing my boxers and we're gonna be good from here on out rather than do that he let his wife cry her eyes out on his shoulder and tell her, oh, um, don't worry, babe, we'll get pregnant soon enough. She's thinking that, that she knows that there's something wrong because the test keeps coming up negative and she's over here crying her eyes out and instead of, like, confessing what he knows now, he just lets her cry and says, don't worry, we'll, we'll get it right one day. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I, I, will, I, I will say this. It's, not, it's something that's never come up in my family. But uh, my mother had four kids, right? And they're from the West Indies, her and my dad. My mom's from St. Lucia. My, mom, my dad's from Dominica. Both of them come from families with more than 10 kids. So you figure having four kids just make you like a lightweight. Like, you punk. You only have four kids? Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know? Uh, like, I, I bet they all have something to eat, huh? <laughs> mm-hmm. my, like, I got two kids to a plate. But um, I always wondered something because, you know, and this is something later in life. Like I said, we never discussed it. My, my youngest brother was a very difficult birth, and the doctor had even suggested having him aborted because it could be a danger to the both of them. Like, mm. neither one of them may make it, you know? Right. And uh, my mom was anti-abortion. She was like, you know what? Whatever happens, happens, and luckily, you know, both of them made it through. But she never had any more kids after that. And that's something that's mm-hmm. never come up. But I always wondered, like, if that was the case and she couldn't have any more, and thank God she already she has four kids to worry about, you know. But, you know, for a woman to think that she can't have kids, like, how devastating is that for a woman? Because I know for a man it's an ego thing, you know. And for a woman, I think it's more, I think it's, I feel it's more of an emotional thing to not be able to have children. 
you know. So the fact that he's they're both yeah. emotional reactions. It's just different spectrums, different reactions. Yeah. They're definitely both emotional because it's based on a feeling. Like it's there's no like rational reason to need to have a kid. Um, I mean, well, there is, but most people still pull out their feelings. Like I want to love someone forever. I want someone to unconditionally love. I want some someone to unconditionally love me. That kind of thing. Right. So. It's all. It's pretty much the, the the whole reason of procreation is based on a feeling. Because frankly, I, to me, there's really more reasons not to have a kid when you put it on paper. <laughs> but the fact that he let her cry her eyes out and make it make him, you know, think that it was uh, her fault that, that it's not happening. Her. Yeah, in her mind, it could be her. That's pretty much of a dick move, and I know. It's good television, but I mean, I know, and I know stuff is scripted, but looking at it from a real standpoint, I'm like, yeah, right. that's kind of a dick move right there to do that, to let her think that, that it might be her, when, when he knows it's him. <laughs> now we're going to wrap it up. This broadcast brought to you by Trojans Condoms. Make sure you put on one before you put it on her, and that's Trojans Condoms. All right, that this episode of The Urban Breakdown, 360 Degrees. Check it out on Google Play Podcast, iTunes Podcast, and TuneIn Podcast on Alexa, as well as other blog podcast broadcasters on the internet via Stitcher. I see you walking down the block, and now and, and, and now, and when I speak, it's just a way for you to let me in. Tell me, how can I win, baby? Give me your number, let me call you, lady. Said you got a man, but I'm not feeling that You're out here all alone, so where the hell is he at? How could he leave you lonely? You'd be my only, and we'd be falling in love Does it make you cry? Oh, those tears should be from happiness Cause your best got a new love now So complete that I suggest So high I wanna be down, don't you know that what I say is true? Tell me what I gotta do to get next to you, baby Tell me what I gotta do to get next to you.